eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Can't get enough of the fan in the morning? Shown up. Because this is nothing like that. Working. Alan Jerry are here with stories they'd never get to cover on the morning show. Very sexy robot. Hey, look at that pig. Shenanigans. Naked yoga. My mother had a bad experience with these ghosts. Let's hump the fence. It's Alan Jerry's post game podcast. All right, here we go. In three, two, one. Hey, what do you say we start out a new week? It's a Monday. Al Dukes is off this week, so sitting in for him on the podcast is the late, great, well, not so late. He's still there. He's actually always on time. Matter of fact, he's always early, so we'll call him the early and the great Eddie Scazzeri. Uh, last week, I got to hang with him. This week, not so much. How are you, sir? Hello, podcast people. Still going with that, huh? Yeah, why not? All right, works. It's your thing. Um, so how are you? Everything all right? Yeah, yeah. got the iPhone back. Everything is all good. I got to tell you, it doesn't happen to Android users. Uh, no, <laughs> no. So it's funny. Um, I've had this battle with Apple and it, uh, me and my wife were talking about it last week and she reminded me actually why I can't stand the product so much more than anything. And I, you know what? I forgot about it because we're going back a long time now. So when we first got the iPad, which God, the first iPad I had was, I think the first one they made. So I don't even know when that was, but we I was doing Columbia games. So it's going back a long ways. Uh, I had an issue with my password, and I had to call Apple for help. And she reminded me that they gave me such a runaround. And once she started talking about it, I remembered it, that I was on hold with them and basically passed around from representative to representative. It took over an hour Get just, out to, of town. just to reset my password and to where she reminded me, you hung up the phone and said, F Apple. <laughs> One hour. That is ridiculous. It was. And and they made it so, so difficult on me. It was ridiculous. And I, I we had just moved into the other house at the time. So we're going back a ways. It's got to be 10 years now, maybe longer than that. And I completely forgot about that. So my hatred for them began there. And then when she got the iPhone, it was exacerbated because there was an issue with the first iPhone she got. And we went to Verizon for help, and they could not have been more rude to where I walked out and said, Verizon. 
There you and, go. And so ever since, I refuse. Uh, while we do have Fios, that's a different branch. That's not Verizon uh, Mobile. Um, I have we go to T-Mobile, and I use Android. Although she has the iPhone because she likes it, but um, she reminded me of that instance, and I thought that was funny. That I've never, I've never even remembered that until she thought she brought it up because she heard it on the show. You just knew you were angry. You just didn't remember why. Yes, I, I listen. There, was, there had to be been a reason. I guess one of those things I blocked out because she said to me, she goes, "How come every time you talk about this, you don't bring up your experience with them?" And I'm like, "What?" And then she reminded me, and, and I forgot about that. And the hour delay wasn't even because of extra security issues or anything like that. It was just them giving you the runaround. They just gave me such a hard time. It was as, and listen, I understand trying to be secure for your sake. Like, I get that you're being yes. safe, and I'm with you. But when you pass through a couple of the firewalls with the passwords and, you know, like the the extra security that you actually sign up for and it's still not enough and then they're still sending you to represent it was just ridiculous mm. and i'll never forget that they made it so so difficult but so be it um uh, a nice uh, twitter person as al would say a twitter listener or follower uh reached out with this story over the weekend and i'd love to know your thoughts and it kind of flows right from what we were talking about in a way mm. did you see the story about uh, the verizon store in california i did not so a woman uh, goes into, and I, I don't know what city it is. I could look it up, but it doesn't matter. It's California. What's the difference? Uh, Verizon store in California over the weekend. Might have been Friday. Might have been Saturday. But it was past five days, let's say that. Goes into a Verizon store refusing to wear the mask. Now, we have seen these stories where basically other people in the store will shout people out. The people without the mask will yell at store employees. Well, in this case, in this case, I believe they refused service to her uh, to where she just decided to urinate in the store. Wow. Wow. That's uh, taking it, uh, the extra step. Eddie, what are we doing? Yeah, that's uh, yeah, that's a little that's a little much. Like, I, I, I don't understand. And I know Al has been resistant to the mask to a point. I do not understand this resistance to wear the mask indoors. I, I don't. Mm-hmm. It, it's proven scientifically that I can cut down on the transmission. So what are we, why are we denying it? I don't understand. Yeah, people are just all wrapped up and, and angry about having to wear a mask, which does not really make sense to me. No. You know? but If I told you right now, and I think this would be the case, if we continued to wear the mask indoors that we could cut down flu cases by 60%. Would you wear it? Absolutely. So would I. And you know what I think? Most people wouldn't. Um, yeah, yeah, you're probably right. Um, but I do think there will be a slight decrease in the transmission of the flu because I think a lot of people will make this a permanent part of their life. Well, I hope that's the case, and I think that's certainly possible, but I just think there's so many people that can't wait to, quote-unquote, get back to normal life that I think it'll go away. And I think, too, people have this notion of, well, there's medicine. I'll be fine. i got to tell you something. I got the flu this past year for the first time in – I don't think I had it for four years. This was the first time I got it in four years, and I never get the flu shot um, because I just I just don't uh, because, again, for me, it's like every four or five years I get it, and it kicked me on my, I mean, it just knocked me on my ass, kicked me right in the ass. It was really, really a rough strain. And I would think if I can avoid it, why would I not? You know, I don't need to take medicine if I don't have to take it. So that thing bothers me. In terms of the peeing in the store, what's the worst thing you ever did as like a 
rebellious side? Even going back to like high school when you were probably crazy. Like in a store? No, it doesn't have to be in a store. It could be in your home, could be at a store, at a at a park, anything. Is there anything that you've never revealed where you were just rebellious as hell and defiant? Well, as a psychological experiment, I tried a uh, sort of a tactic when my parents would not let me go to a certain uh, uh, friend's uh, party. I tried uh, a psychological experiment where, um, I because I normally am not like, very aggressive or angry or anything. So I tried the sort of ultra angry uh, thing, but really I wasn't really feeling it. it was sort of an experiment to see if it would work uh, with my parents. Yeah, that 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 backfired big time. That's probably, they probably went in the back room and left before he came out and you punished you. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, but like a true rebellion and anger, you know, I, you know, nothing really is coming to mind. Yeah, no, me neither. I don't, I think this takes a crazy person to do something yeah. like this. I mean, just the, could you imagine if you're in the store and, you, and you're with your kids or you don't have kids, you're with your wife, you look over, and a woman is basically squatting in the middle of a store? Yeah. I, I, I'm kind of like Al in a way. I'm like a rule follower. Um, you know, so I don't like uh, – it's just not in me to to be that much of a, of a jerk, I guess. It makes no sense. It really doesn't. And here's another one that doesn't make sense to me. I'd love to take, get your take on this one, too, because this one's been out there now for about a, I would say about a week, maybe a little less than, because I heard it driving in. And by the way, I miss not being in the studio. I enjoyed being there with you last week. Uh, good times. It was fun. Nice that there's no one there. Uh, I will be back next week. Okay. Um, and I'm ready to, like, let's go. I, I feel like we can be safe, wear our masks. We got our temperature checked and we walked in. We're good to go. The only problem with that is if we get to the building, and our temperature's not good. What do we do? <laughs> yeah, that's why you, you check on the way out, maybe. Yeah, I guess. But if you feel fine, have you ever not had a temperature, but you felt fine? You didn't even realize it? Uh, no, I always feel really chilled, like uh, whenever I have a little bit of a temperature. Interesting. Like but, I've gone to the doctor with a slight little sore throat that's scratchy, and you just want to get it checked just to make sure, and then you have a temperature. It's like, but I feel fine. Yeah, a slight temperature you can, but like my and my temperature runs lower than average, so I could have a one degree temperature and still pass the. Uh, I, I'd still be in the normal range, which I think goes above, maybe even as high as ninety nine in terms of the normal range. But my right. normal temperature is under ninety eight. But is it normal ninety seven point seven to ninety? I think to ninety nine. Well, I used to hear ninety eight six was what you always heard growing up. Right. So, but you're correct. It it probably does go to 99. But if I'm normally on the low end, and then I'm showing a 99, I probably have a fever. But yet, I would still pass the the uh, security test. Understood. All right. Here's the story. Now, did you read what happened in Berkeley, California? No. Do you look at a newspaper? <laughs> uh, no, I I don't. I my uh, news gathering comes from uh, people like yourself or Al or my wife saying, "Hey, did you hear this?" Wow. But a- anything that's really big enough to to kind of care about, I figure I will hear uh, on ten ten winds when they do the sort of synopsis before the traffic report. So w- let me ask you this then: What do you right where that's where they give you the quick little headlines? Correct. Uh, as a tease. What do you do then? Because you keep up so much on all the science and space. Do you read like a newsletter or something where you're up on all that stuff? Yeah, I, I go to my one of my websites that I get to is space.com. Uh, it's a website that has all the, um, you know, 
sort of top stories in that area. And I also check out this other site called Live Science. So I'm uh, sort of aware. Now, sometimes I'll be a few days behind, like that black hole story that you brought up. I had to then go uh, find uh, reports on that because, that, you know, obviously that's not going to be on tent and winds. Right. Um, so I had to go uh, search that out, but that interested me, so I did that. But, yeah, I, I don't really watch news or go to news sites or anything. I figure if there's really anything big enough that's important, I will hear it on 1010 Winds. When I'm well, I don't know that this is big enough, like a big, big story, but I think it's interesting, and I also think it's stupid, but so be it. So Berkeley, California, has decided, now this is last check, perhaps this has changed since I saw it on Friday, although I Googled it and I don't see any update to it. They are no longer going to allow cops to do traffic stops. They are putting together unarmed civilian city workers to maintain traffic safety in Berkeley. Wow, that's... Uh, are you serious? I, I, I don't think that's going to work, but um, yeah. What, what what authority do these folks have? I don't know. Can they, and write, I'm not, can they write tickets that will be honored? And I and the whole point of this, part of this is the def, the defunding of the police there. They're trying to cut back 50% of all money that goes to the police in Berkeley. And I guess by taking away traffic safety responsibilities, that will cut out a lot of service time, I suppose, and salary. So, first of all, 50% is a lot, number one. Number two, it's one thing to not to cut down on traffic stops. But if you've got a guy doing 85 and a 50, you really think an unarmed civil, and I'm only saying an unarmed because that's how they write it, mm-hmm. a civilian city worker is going to do what with that? Like, that's a menace to society. Right, and he's probably not able to, you know, because those those uh, cop cars have souped-up engines, and they can move pretty pretty fast. You can catch them. Right, so the what if, you've, if I've got my Honda Fit? I'm going to go catch a, a you know a, a Trans right. Am going 90. No. Now you again to me the right thing would have been cut down on your traffic stops. Perhaps we don't you know pull over someone that's doing 51 in a 35. I mean you know I can make the case that's even nuts. But you're going to run into crazies that are going to take full advantage of this and they're going to be driving a muck around your city. I just I don't see how this is a good idea. And to me you're also I would think putting these civilian city workers in harm's way, I would think. Oh, for sure, because there are going to be probably, what, 30% of the people who will, you know, just be ultra-aggressive because they know it's not a real police officer. Because they can. Correct. Yeah, very dangerous, very dangerous. So I saw that over the weekend, and I was really surprised by that. And so whatever. So that's that one. And then the last one for you, which is right up your alley— did you see the new pictures of the sun that Nassau put out there? I heard about them. I did not actually see them yet. Now, I'm not a sp- I'm not like you. I don't go to space.com or dorks.org or <laughs> right. anything like that. Um, no, all kidding aside, I don't usually look at that stuff. But I did come across these photos. I have to tell you, badass. Mm-hmm. They are. I mean, it is weird that something like that, now that you see it a little bit closer than we ever have, how cool the photos are. Just to, I don't know if that gets your juices flowing right there, but it is neat. 
Yeah, anything involving space, well, almost anything, is very, very interesting to me. So is the new pictures of the heliosphere, or what is it exactly? <laughs> of the what? You know, the sun. The sun, Eddie. Yes. <laughs> right, but there's different layers of the sun and all that stuff. I don't know what a heliosphere is. I just know that the sun's up there and it's blazing fire. <laughs> yes, it is. Yes, it is. For another uh, four billion years. I hope so. We'll be long gone from then. Oh, indeed. Unless my cryo-freezing uh, dream comes true. Of your whole body or just your head? Whatever it takes to, you know, have my consciousness uh, go on and uh, be able to be revived to whatever that is. Just the yeah. head, just some sort of a download of my brain. Now, is your wife aware of these wishes? Oh, yes, yes. And now, she, how do you two get along? Uh, we get along uh, famously. But she Does always she... Uh, brings up to me that, uh, you know, the cryo-freezing right now doesn't really work and they haven't brought anybody back i would agree it does not seem like they've perfected it just yet no so hopefully you have plenty of time for them to get there because i'm kind of into that too i like i want to get to 100 and then i want to be frozen and they'd be awesome yeah like, yeah that would that would be cool um does she think see i because i fi- i don't know her enough i've only been in her company it's amazing in 23 years i've probably only been in her company a dozen times mm-hmm. um does she think you're nuts or does uh, she have the same beliefs as you? No, she thinks I'm a little uh, out there, uh, especially with the cryo-freezing. Um, and, you know, she'll just sort of, uh, as most uh, wives who have been married uh, a long time, will just kind of shake their head uh, at the things that their husbands uh, do and think and say and uh, just sort of, you know, moves on after that, after the shaking of the head. But uh, yeah, she she thinks I'm uh, a little wacky on on a lot of things. And you're very you're a very passive aggressive type of person. So do you have the do you have the type of mentality that you know if she does something stupid, you can just let it roll off your back and move on and say it's not worth it? Oh uh, yeah, hundred percent. I mean, ninety nine point nine percent of the things that you could get angry and teed off about, really, honestly, not worth it, and uh, just creates. More problems, ultimately. Well, that's life. I agree. I yeah. mean, when you the grand scheme of things, really, what is this? Mm-hmm. You know, we're arguing over, you know, you made fried rice, I wanted white rice. And, you know, yes. people start to fight over stupid things like that. It makes no sense. Mm-hmm. But there is a sense of just getting on each other's nerves after a while, too. Like, I think, you know, this whole time home for a lot of people has been disastrous because, you know, I always told Al, there was a guy I used to work with long time ago at the liquor store that I used to um, be involved with. Uh, it's got to be the early, late. 90s probably maybe mid 90s something like that and I used to say to him my boy you and your wife married 30 years and you know and he used to work at night and he had a full-time job I'm like you know what's what's been your secret I remember getting engaged I'm like what's your secret I'll never forget him telling me he goes we never see each other and I would look at him I say excuse me he goes yeah I work during the day then I got this job at night she works we see her I see her at night and then on Saturday she works we spend Sundays together and life's great (laughs) and I tell you the more and more I see marriages and I see relationships he ha- he was onto something there. <laughs> oh, for sure. That 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 can be a, a big part of it. But for me, like during this pandemic, I've been still coming in, and yes. you know, uh, so that hasn't been an issue. And I'm basically an easygoing person, so that helps. We don't have children. Not that children can't be great and wonderful, but they can. Oh, could have... also be the cause and root of a lot of arguments. Correct. And financially, we're fine. So that is also another cause yes. of, of tension and, and strife. So those three things in combination, 
my personality, no children, no money issues, that goes a hell of a long way uh, towards uh, bliss. So basically you're going to thump your chest on the way out the door today and say, you're the reason your marriage is successful. No, not just. Well, <laughs> I'm just well, kidding. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, a little bit, right? <laughs> a little bit. A little bit. Uh, all right, Eddie. I think that's it. That's all the time we have. Okay. Um, so that's it. Eddie will be with me all week as Al is on vacation. I don't think he's doing anything. I think he's just staring at the ocean all week and judging people as they walk by um, because what else does he have to do? Yeah, nowhere so. uh, really to go. Um, and it's, uh, you know, it's so effing hot. Why would you even, like, leave the shore area where you have the, the ocean and the nice breeze yeah i see i would if i i don't know what i'm doing if i'm taking any real time off i mean i had a couple of days you know whatever last week or two weeks ago whenever because uh, i'm looking at the calendar and seeing when the guys are off i don't even know if i'm taking any time but there are places i would go like i would love to rent a house down the shore for a week like that to me is it's the same as being home. You can be outside, be at the ocean. I I have found being outdoors as opposed to indoors a lot more safe and a much more easy feeling with what's going on. Uh, I don't seem to mind it as much. So if, if I was off, that would be the direction I would go in. But I get your point. You're certainly not traveling to Italy or France or Florida or anything like that right now. So And, and you could have some time that you uh, usually don't if, uh, like, I'm I'm hoping that there's – NFL football, but if there isn't, and a college basketball start is delayed, then you'll have some time in the fall where you usually can't do anything, where you could uh, do something and maybe uh, get a bit of a lower cost. Also, a little reprieve. Yeah, it's possible. I see. I don't. I don't know how football is going to be played. I really don't. I do think college basketball will happen with minimal fans, if any. But I do think they'll play. But I'm with you. Football. Who the hell knows? If I was the NFL, I would because that's the other thing. I've been reading all about these vaccines. I mean, there's a lot of good stuff coming in. The problem is we're still about two months away. Mm-hmm. You know, to where it's a. It's kind of like the baseball season. We've been talking about it, and it really wasn't real until it became real. And I feel like that with these vaccines as well. There's like seven of them out there, and there's three of them in particular that are getting really good results, including this one out of Oxford, um, that they think they can have a billion doses ready by early December. If I was the NFL and I'm seeing results and reports like this, honestly, I would start the season in January and I would end it. And I know it's difficult to do because of all the arrangements that have been made. And I would try and end it with the Super Bowl in April. And then slowly, you're going to have to roll back the, the schedule, obviously, because you're going to be four months ahead now. But maybe next year you don't start in January, you start in December. The year after you start in November, and then maybe four or five years from now, you get back to that September start. I just think it makes the most sense because they're going to go out and try and play with no fans. You know, it's going to be weird. you got to worry about positive tests, guys getting sick, who's not going to play. I don't know. It just doesn't. It does not seem real to me. But we'll see. We'll see. We got teams going in for COVID tests today. Will you get a vaccine when it's available? Um, I will look at all the data and I will highly consider it. I don't know that I will. I don't know that I won't. I'm not I'll, sure yet. I'll be first online. I'm sure you would. I'm sure you would. I just, you know, the one thing that there's a whole bunch of research now about um, if you've been vaccinated for the measles that that is having a drastic reduction in the symptoms. Mm-hmm. And so that's why they believe that young children really aren't getting it. And if they are getting it, have no idea because they have zero symptoms because they're the most recent to get the measles. And the reason why people in their 60s and 70s are having such adverse effects is because that resistance to measles is almost, it's not completely gone, but it's nowhere near like when you get it, it's kind of fading as they get older. 
And so it makes some of this research is interesting. And so I'm kind of in that middle pack where, you know, probably be okay. Like I know people my age that have gotten it that had no idea they had it. And then I've got a couple that really struggled with it, didn't die, didn't need a hospital or anything like that. But for about two weeks, they felt like they had the flu. And it's, you know, it's tough stuff. So I'm not sure. My I would lean towards yes. It would not be a definitive yes, though, just yet. I don't oh, know. Already. So there you go. We went on a little too long. So Okay. All right, Eddie will be with me all week long. I will see you guys tomorrow with the warm-up show with G again, which, by the way, is coming up now. Uh, he filled in for Al on that, and that'll do it for this podcast. Al, I don't do the whole Sia thing, so, or rather, Eddie, I don't do that thing like Al does. I know you do, so if you could just take us into the warm-up show, I would appreciate it, sir. See ya! It's the warm-up show with Alan Jerry. No longer the shortest show on WFAN. Now it's a tie. All right, a few minutes after 5 o'clock. Here we go. A new week. It's Monday. I usually go down the Jersey Shore and say good morning to Al Dukes, but right now you've got sharks eating dolphins down there, so instead we will bypass that, and we will head the other way to the other shore that's out in Long Island as Greg Giannotti sits in at least for today, and we say good morning, sir. What's happening, Jerry? How was the weekend? Uh, it was actually fantastic. It was a little warm, but I actually enjoyed it quite a bit. Uh, we got a lot of baseball in, and it was, uh, I would say, a terrific weekend. How about that? Were you on the boat all weekend? Uh, not all weekend, no. Uh, Saturday, not so much Sunday. Went over to uh, the parents' house, got in the pool. You know, the heat wave stuff, I know it's not as warm out here as it is maybe the city or northern Jersey or even Nassau County. And, like, when it's 100 degrees in New York City, it's only, like, 80 out here. Right. Uh, but I, I am not someone who ever will complain about the heat. Never, ever, ever will you ever find me complaining about how hot it is unless I'm someone who has to do some work outside. Sure. Then I get it. Then you're allowed to complain about that. If you're someone who's got, you know, one of these jobs where you're working for Con Ed or you're doing roofing or something, I totally understand. Uh, but if you're someone that doesn't have to do that type of manual labor with the crap that we go through in the winter, uh, I never, ever complain about the heat and humidity because it only happens for like two months and then it's over, and then it's back to uh, crap weather and cold and cloudy and all that stuff. So. Yes, I agree. Me too. Now, you were on the boat a little bit. Did you see any of these uh, wacky animal instances from or fish uh, issues from the weekend? No, no, I, I did not. I mean, I, I see a lot of shark stuff, the sharks, the dolphins, like you mentioned, the Jersey Shore. I, I, I didn't. I mean, there's not a lot of stuff like somebody. Remember, we were talking about the fish with the human lips and uh, yes. and and face or teeth, whatever it had. So someone sends me a, a tweet that says, "How do you not know what a trigger fish is? The trigger <laughs> fish are all around." I'm like, "Wait a second. I'm like, I, I see, because I said I enjoyed fishing on the air. People think that I, like I do this for a living. Like I'm out in the ocean every day offshore fishing for a marlin and tuna and stuff." which is just not the case. Like, I've fished for fluke. I've gone striped bass fishing uh, before. I've been in the ocean a couple times. I'm usually just in the bay having a good time, going home, and, and that's about it. So I've never caught a trigger fish. Uh, but generally, <laughs> How dare you know, you? In the, yeah, right. <laughs> How do you not know what the trigger fish is? They're everywhere. I'm like, no, they're not everywhere. Uh, you get a sighting here or there or something different, but but no. I mean, I, I've been out in the ocean. I've seen some dolphins. I've seen a whale, which was really awesome, uh, that humpback whale that was – uh, jumping and it was very very cool and I got video of it but generally no I, I I don't see a lot of weird stuff but I did see at the beach on Saturday very early for this the jellyfish 
which I can't stand. And wow. it's the weather because the water's been so warm, so uh, that that wasn't a good thing. But but no, no uh, no sharks this weekend. So it's it's funny you bring up jellyfish because my wife and I always talk about you know you go to the beach. My older son was never one to really go in the water. He's like me, eh, knee high. He's good. Just let's go play. You know, have a football toss, and that's a good day for him to listen to his music. And once in a while, he'll go in again, few feet in and out. Great, nice and easy to go to the beach, no concerns. And then my 10-year-old's a complete lunatic, the complete opposite. He wants the boogie board. He wants to go out as far as he can, ride the waves in. And every day we finish, whenever we do go to the beach, and we get back in the car and we're done, you take a big sigh of relief. We got through that one. He's all good. Fair enough. So our friends are in LBI last week um, for vacation. And I guess it was, you know, they have the pictures of their kids probably, I would say, 20 feet out nothing crazy we're not talking out by the boot nothing nuts 20 25 feet off the, uh, the off the sand and then the next day we see online the video posted from pretty much the same beach they were at a little further down but essentially the same beach they were at and about 25 to 30 35 feet offshore there is a shark that just destroys annihilates and eats a dolphin and wow. there's blood in the water and there's people just look horrified watching this and i'm thinking a sharks b that close c yeah. never go to the beach again done <laughs> you're one of these people that actually thinks that the shark's gonna eat you huh what, mean, if it's it, that close are you yeah, kidding there's i i know there's certain Dude. places though all right for example like cape cod there's been some real shark attack stuff you know down in florida there's been some real shark attack uh australia it seems like that that happens a lot you know, here, I told my wife a million times when she moved here because she didn't know a thing from the Atlantic Ocean or anything else. She was just dealing with the three rivers and pontoon boats and stuff like that. Right. There was never a shark attack, like a real shark attack on Long Island. It just it just didn't happen. And, of course, like two years ago, <laughs> uh, there was these a uh, couple of these, uh, what are they called, sand th- uh, thrasher sharks or something. And uh, they they had some exploratory bites on some kids over at Fire Island where they went over. They like they bit a little bit to see if it was a fish. It was not. And they swam away and the kids were totally fine. Um, But we still haven't had that like horrible great white getting so close. But if the water is going to be this warm for this long, then sure, it's a possibility. And the more that you see these things, like the more that you see the dolphins, seals start coming uh around long island now i don't know if you see the seals in new jersey the the, when you start seeing those things get closer then yeah the next thing that comes are the sharks Uh, but but yeah i mean i I never for whatever reason i I don't know why i and i've got weird i'm not saying that i'm not afraid of things as i've got plenty of phobias but for whatever reason it never crosses my mind so you'd be good with your daughter going in the ocean right now well, I would be afraid of different things because obviously she's very small. So, like, I'd be afraid of the wave catching her, and she's still learning how to swim. I mean, she's not even two and a half years old yet, so she's so she's Fair. not someone who can handle the ocean. Um, so, I'd be afraid of a of a rip current and having to go. Those are the things I'd be afraid. You know of. what I like now? I okay. like I, I like my pool. <laughs> yeah. Listen, I get it. I don't know, man. I'm and I love the guy, beach, yeah. dude. So am I. I am too. But I, uh, I, when I watch this video, I'm out. I'm good. I'll go, but I'm not bringing my lunatic ten year old who thinks he's going to go boogie board. You know, a hundred feet out. No, not happening. Well, not a hundred feet out. You know what I mean? He, he's got to stay. He, yeah, you can't take that away from him, though. He's allowed to play in the surf. Gone. You, 
He's not allowed to play in the surf anymore either? No, no. He can play in the surf. You're not going okay. out with the boogie board. Not now. Okay. War, water's right. too warm, and we got, we got we got fish that got human teeth swimming around. We got sharks huh. eating dolphins. I'm good. Oh, no thanks. You know, I'll, I'll give you another uh, nature thing in a second, but I don't know if it's like this down on the Jersey Shore. I mean, the water, for whatever reason, I don't know, I don't know why. Uh, it's been warmer than it's ever been in, in my whole life living out here. I could never remember it being this warm. And it's also like this aqua color over at Fire Island. It looks like Florida. Well, that's right nice. Now. It's clean. It, it's, it's beautiful. It's clean. It's warm. But it's like it's scary. Because well, isn't it's that also, so... though, but isn't that also, you know, an effect of what's gone on with, you know, the, the planes aren't traveling, less cars on the road, right? Isn't that yeah. all part of the environment Maybe. cleaning itself up? Yeah, maybe it may may have something to do with it. And also, you know, on top of it, you know, we did not have a winter again. True. This is two two straight years uh, that maybe the the temperature fell below 20 degrees for, what, five times the entire winter? And there was no snow. Saddle up for the winter of 2020, my man. Yeah, well, yeah, I know. Of course. (laughs) You know know that's coming. But I did say the same thing last year. And I said, well, this means that next year is going to be horrible. And actually was even a little bit better. All right, here's here's a – oh, go ahead. This is 2020, <laughs> so right. last I'm with you. If it yeah. was going to happen, we're going to be looking at the blizzard of our lifetime coming in December. Yeah, I would uh, I would tend to agree with the way things are going. Now, speaking of like a nature thing and things eating other things, I've talked about these these bugs before in the air, these cicada killer wasps. I don't know yeah. if you've ever seen these things. I haven't. So, I read about them. So I saw one in action. And, really? And I, I've, I've, I've seen this one time before, but this one was even more interesting. So I'm walking. My daughter loves to walk up and down the driveway for whatever reason. That's the thing that, like, makes her the happiest. I don't know why. She just loves walking up and down the driveway, going back, pointing things out. This is what she loves. I said, man, if I was this easily entertained, hmm. uh, this would be great. Uh, so then I see one of these cicada killer wasps carrying a cicada. Okay? So these cicada killer wasps are so freaking big. And then the cicada is even bigger than that. So it's carrying the cicada Ugh. in the air drops it down in the driveway, and then another cicada killer wasp comes over, and I'm assuming they're working in tandem, but I couldn't really tell. It almost seemed like they were pissed at one another, the two of them. <laughs> like, like, hey, I found this cicada. This should be mine. Then they work in tandem, and they start destroying the thing in the driveway. Right and in I front of just, her. Yeah, and she was just she was going, yuck, yuck. And she was pointing <laughs> at it. But, I mean, it was insanity. Three of the biggest bugs I had ever seen. And the crazy part is, you know, the cicadas only come out like every, what, seven years or something? Nuts right. like that. So these cicada killer wasps, what they do is they dig underground and they get the cicada out of the ground and then take it up in the air and eat it. This is awesome. what these things are for. This is like, how did that happen? Like, honestly, you want to talk about stuff that just blows your mind? Like that bug existing in the world to me, is the strangest thing on Earth, which its sole purpose on this Earth is to dig up these cicadas and eat them. And they do it, and that's what they do all day long. And they dig underneath, they look for them, they eat them, and that's that. They probably look at us like the sole purpose of these idiots is to sit around, eat, and watch TV, (laughs) it seems like. But, I mean, it's just a bizarre, bizarre being. I would say the whole year has been bizarre, and everything's more mind-blowing as we go. So why not? Par for the course this year. One other one, since we're doing the nature uh, segment here uh, on the warm-up show. Did you see the deer that got rescued in Long Branch? I think it was Long Branch yesterday. Did you see that one? No, no, I did not see that, no. Explain to me how a deer ends up in the ocean. Oh, You know what, though? I, there, there are deer all over the place at these Fire Island communities. 
I don't know how they got there. I don't because you know how they it goes Long Island Bay, Fire Island, Ocean. I have no freaking clue how they all got over there. If they took the bridge or they swam or what, I have no clue. But yeah, I don't know how it ends up in the ocean because they usually just walk around and they're in the, like the wooded areas and stuff. But I guess this one got a little frisky. <laughs> uh, who do you call the cops for that? Like, who do you yeah. call to rescue a deer in the ocean? Because they did. They got it out, I think. Wow. That's amazing. I mean, the, you know, that's tough. Do you, you can't. I mean, you probably seeing that you'd be affected by it. Coast you know, Guard? You think, you, you think, yeah. You think, like, should I go and help this deer in the ocean? I, I, I would imagine, yeah, you call. Like, each one of these communities, at least around here, they have their own fire department. There's people that are there. I know there's the marine cops that are around and patrol. So, True, yeah, I, right. mean, I guess that's who you'd call. Would you – any part of you want to go and try to save it? Yourself? No. Yeah. Dude, to go right. swim out and save it? I'm worried about sharks eating me. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's the thing I would be concerned about. I would say, you know, is as is, is traumatizing as this would be to watch a living thing Holy drown cow. in front of me. Like, if, like a, a shark I don't think is necessarily – going to go after me in that spot but if it deers if it sees like a random hoof or something like the shark's yeah. probably like huh i've never seen this before like let wow. me go after that and it's God. struggling that's another thing that could that could no, i'm good it. Yeah. i'm good let it go i, I will tell you because you asked about the weekend this probably was the first like three day stretch where it felt about as normal as normal has ever been you know in life for us when you when you look yeah. at like friday I played golf on Friday. My back, I wasn't feeling great, but I gave it a chance. And actually, as the round went on, I felt better. So we, And it was hot, but it was awesome. Um, played 18 holes on, on Friday. And then Saturday was just a good random weekend day. And then couldn't wait for the baseball game Saturday night, which we'll get to in the next segment uh, for a little while. And then and my wife went to a beach club with her friends. That felt very normal. The traffic all over the place was crazy. And then yesterday, uh, my older son had a, had a baseball game at 11 o'clock in the morning. And the complex was alive. They, they, on the lower fields at our complex, they had a tournament going on. And I got to tell you, a lot of people... We're, we're spaced out. People did have their masks on. But it just like hearing all the sounds of three different games going on at once and then coming back and we were supposed to go to Costco. We not we didn't do that. We ended up going in the pool. It just seemed like a normal, normal weekend where you didn't think about coronavirus for literally three straight days, which was kind of nice for, for the first time in a while. Yeah. You know, I have those moments and then there's always something that reminds me that it's around and then I – Sure. It, it, it's strange. So – you know, like I felt the same way for the most part this weekend. But then Saturday night, I decided to pick up takeout for everybody. And I went to one of my favorite restaurants and just walking in there and seeing everybody with the masks on and like sitting at the bar with the masks on yeah. the bartenders. Then I was like, oh, my God, it just smacks you right in the face because then you forget about it. You get lulled into a sense of security. And then like you walk into an environment you're so used to seeing normally that you've spent so many hours in. And then it's like this alternate universe that you're walking into and then ends up freaking me out. And I felt that a little bit like that uh, watching baseball as well. I'm, I'm really happy that these exhibition games uh, are happening because I needed like a couple of games to watch to get me used to this, to forget about the other stuff so I can focus on baseball because I, I was thinking about those things more than I thought I would think about. Those sure. Things. Meaning like the no fans and the crowd noise and the, you know, these guys playing in front of nobody. I, it really did take a while for me to forget about it and then just think about baseball. 
All right, so let's do that. Let's take a quick break. When we come back, and I know you'll do a whole bunch on it with Boomer as he returns at 6 o'clock, but we'll get into it just a little bit on the other side. First break of the hour. It's the warm-up show. Uh, Greg will be joined by Boomer at the top right here on The Fan. Al and Jerry, social distancing before it was cool. Yeah, perhaps something like that. 25 after 5. Uh, G is in for Al on the warm-up show. Boomer and Geo at 6 coming up about 40, oh, 35 minutes or so from now. What's really cool about this is when G discusses baseball, he can turn to Boomer and say, you know, I did a warm-up show between 5 and 6 this morning. <laughs> uh, <laughs> that yep. having been said, <laughs> uh, you did reference it, and we should spend just a couple of minutes on it. I know you'll do four hours on it, I'm sure, and plus the NFL and all that stuff. But I have to tell you, with the baseball, and I, and I know what you're saying, and at first when I turned it on on Saturday night, um, the, the open was fine, even though you had Keith and Ron in their own booth and Gary was by himself. Once they started talking, their chemistry, they, I feel like one could be in China and the other could be in Australia, hmm. and one could be in Brooklyn. And it, it just they just work well together. And during the course of that game, all good, no issues whatsoever. But, you know, you see the cardboard cutouts at first, a little odd for sure. And when you got a look of the stadium, a little odd. But, you know, once the game started, to me, having those card I can't believe I'm going to say this because I thought it was the dumbest idea ever when I heard it. It felt normal in that your eyes are now trained on the game, and that just looked like background, not noise. That's not a great way to put it, but it was just – it looked the part. Uh, it gave you the right type of atmosphere in a weird way. And having Keith and Ron and Gary and hearing some of the music slightly in the background – I got to tell you, after five minutes, I felt like I was watching a baseball game. I felt bad for on Saturday night for Kay and Cone and the empty Yankee Stadium. The same thing last night. So last night I watched the Yes broadcast where you had the other three um, at City Field. And I don't know. I get the whole idea of not traveling. I don't know why, though, when you can get in your car and go. They can't just let them go in a separate booth, but whatever. They, they did it with their – but I liked it. I enjoyed it. it. There are times it's odd and it's quiet, but for the most part, I felt like I was watching baseball. Yeah, it took me till about the middle of maybe the fifth inning of last night, having watched most of both of these games, to forget about these things. I never thought that I would be that way. I thought that I was going to just totally love and consume the game and the fact that these players are back and these teams are back and we can watch this and it's something to talk about. And it was very odd for me. Now I'm totally going to be into the season, don't get me wrong. And now, you know, after seeing these exhibition games, uh, and getting past those things and realizing that this is going to be normal now, I'm not going to think about it. But I was surprised at myself that I was it was taking so long for it to feel normal and for me to get used to it. So I still think this sprint season is going to be awesome. I'm someone who I I can process these things differently. I know some baseball fans can't, and they're like angry at the fact that this season is even going to happen. It's 60 games in different divisions, and it's it's not the same. I mean, I, I understand those takes. I just don't agree with them because we do have something uh, to watch and pay attention to. I guess the strangest thing for me is still, even though we've seen a lot of games and, and Brandon Nimmo's line was hilarious, it felt yes. like you know playing in, in Miami. We've seen a lot of games where, where there's not a lot of fans, but you know, with all these home runs that the Yankees hit yesterday, just seeing nobody in the stands sure. when Aaron Judge launches one or Stanton or Sanchez yesterday, you know that that part of it, like the center field camera and watching it in the cardboard cutouts and the fake crowd noise, which to me is not really much of anything. Uh, it's 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 not distracting, which I think is the best part of it. Right. I don't want it to be distracting. It's just sort of there. It blends in. 
but you can you can sort of get used to it there. Where it really you get smacked in the face by the fact that they're playing in an empty stadium is these home run shots. Yeah, because you're like, wow, there really is nobody there. Right, they're playing by themselves, and I, you know, with buildings that hold so many people, the one thing I would I would add to that too is, I honestly. I don't understand why you can't put, let's say, 2,500 people in there. I really don't. You've got so many sections, and -hmm. you've got – in Yankee Stadium, I think it holds, what, 56,000, 54 – whatever it is. Let's let's just say a nice even number, 50,000. You're going to tell me you can't put 3,500 people in there safely? Because you would have 3,500 people that would go. I would go. You know, in, I don't know that I would go to a stadium with 50,000 people right now. But if you told me you're putting 10% capacity in just for, A, some fanfare, and B, some sort of atmosphere, I would do it. I don't see why not. I think I think it can be done very safely. And in City Field, if they hold, if it holds 40,000, you again, you put 3,000 people in there, and they could be spaced out. And it sounds funny, but that's the one thing that Al and I talked about. Um, many times when discussing games with no fans or games with few fans, I've been to games in Tampa and in Miami where there's not more than 5,000 people in the building. I don't care what it said in terms of tickets sold. You just The eye test tells you there's no one there. And it's better than having nobody there, even just having a small amount of people there because it still feels like there's something happening and you're still playing for somebody. And I agree with Brandon Nimmo. It is like playing in Miami certain times. That's I'm not Greg, I'm telling you, that Sunday game last year, was it Sunday or Friday? We went to two games down there. Uh, the DeGrom pitched Sunday, so it was the Friday night game. There couldn't have been more than five or 6,000 people in the building. I mean, it was just empty. And even the Sunday game with DeGrom, and while maybe there were ten or 12,000 people by the time the game ended or really got into the flow in the middle innings, when when first pitch happened, and I believe first pitch, Jeff McNeil hit a home run on that Sunday, There, no one was there. At, at 105. So I think it can be done safely, and you still get some sort of an atmosphere, and I think the players will be just fine. I mean, you look at the Yankees hitting five home runs last night. That's what they are. They didn't seem to be too affected by it. And I liked that was also the one thing that I left out about the, the weekend feeling normal. It was fantastic to sit down Saturday night and even last night at 7 o'clock, whether you were in on every pitch or just to have it on as something live to watch. I, it was great. It, it made the weekend. It, it completed the weekend. I would say. Yeah, you know, I, I have to admit, I thought I was going to feel the way that you felt, but I didn't. But I, I know I will on Thursday night. There's no doubt about it. But I just, I needed this period to get to get used to this. I, I, I am shocked at my reaction to it. But when I put it on, I was like, man, this just, this feels weirder than I thought it was going to feel. I thought, like, the, I thought the game at Yankee Stadium felt weirder than the game at Citi Field just because it's a much bigger stadium, at least yeah. from my take. And also, again, I got used to the – it sounds so stupid, but I got used to the cardboard cutouts. I like what the Mets did by constructing that overhang above the – the dugouts where guys could go sit and you could see them. Yeah. There. I don't know. It, the feel was a little different Saturday, but I got used to last night too, so I had no issues. But I get your point, I, and I'm sure there's people out there that hated it, and that's fine too, You know, your own opinion. Yeah, and uh, we'll talk plenty more about this starting at 6 o'clock with Boomer, another sports thing that I just wanted to talk to you about because I know that, that Boomer is going to want to talk about this and probably uh, spend uh, more time than maybe I want to spend on it. But I, I cannot – now, you, you are a reasonable golf guy. You're a golf guy, but you're a reasonable golf guy. Yeah. I, I cannot understand these crazy, insane golf people that saw what happened with John Rahm yesterday, and then they lose their freaking minds. So this I is the two-shot penalty, correct? It. Right. 
So, I mean, if, if you don't, if you don't, if you didn't see this, and it was an incredible uh, chip that he had, uh, and it was just a gorgeous shot for someone who, for me, and not a golf guy, can appreciate the greatness there. So he's trying to get the grass down, and he's hitting the club on the grass. I'm telling you, there, there's an HD shot zoomed in on his club and the ball at that particular moment. The ball does the, I mean, it moves the tiniest fraction of an inch. Like, yep. just t- rotates. I'm talking, he, he doesn't get a better lie. He's just hitting the grass down, which you're allowed to do. I don't think there was any intention of him moving this thing. And then people, and I was you know, looking at the tweets and stuff, people losing their mind. Like, and they forget <laughs> about how great the shot is. Forget about that, even though he didn't improve his situation at all by doing that. And there's people calling in, and you know the whole deal with golf and everything else, and, oh, you can't move the ball, he moved the ball, we're just going to ignore that he moved the ball. And then they ended up <laughs> investigating it. And I'm just like, Jesus, like, for crying out loud, like, you're, you're taking away this tremendous shot that maybe one person out of every million in America has a shot of making, uh, in the world maybe, uh, because when he was uh, getting smacking down the grass with his club, the ball moved a fraction of an inch, and that's the thing we're going to focus on. That to me, it, it just blows my mind. I, you know, I love golf. I and I started playing golf when I was, I guess, when I was twenty or twenty-one, something like that. And for the last twenty-five years, aside from. I guess the last four where I really didn't play at all until this year again. Um, at one point, Greg, I used to play every day. You know, when I was working the overnight with Joe, I played almost every single morning. There are rules in this game that drive you nuts, and I understand the whole gentlemanly uh, point of the game. I do. I wish this rule in particular, and I saw what you mean, and I'm with you. The ball barely moves. If you're not improving your lie at all, and it and ba- and really the ball reset to its original spot, yep. like it's not like it moved and reset somewhere else. It was almost like it rocked an eighth of an inch right back into its spot. Yes. To me, if there's no improvement of where you were, I, I I think the rules official should have the authority. Now, would they have to look at video to make the claim? I probably I would say pro- they probably would. But I think a reasonable person can look at that video and say there was no improvement in his lie, and it had nothing, no bearing on the shot. There's no penalty. Exactly. And it was but, an incredible shot. I yeah. Mean, and that, that's the thing. It's like, don't, don't golf fans want to see that hold up, that shot, as opposed to freaking out and saying his ball moved, his ball moved, his ball. I, I thought you're supposed to love the game and appreciate greatness like that. I mean, that's the one thing about golf that, that people say all the time is you know you know watching it when you're a player is so much more satisfying and sometimes frustrating 100 you know, people, people play golf all the time but then you put it on you're like man that guy hit the ball 400 yards oh look at that uh shot out of the sand like all these things that you see it's like i would have thought and maybe i'm judging by too many tweets as opposed to what the reality no is. golf fans are crazy but like, yeah, like, aren't you? Shouldn't you be more impressed and happy with that shot as opposed to that ball moving and losing your mind? No, I think it? there are people out there that can't wait to pick up their phone and and that's another uh, thing. The fact that people can call—I mean, give me a break already. 
Uh, to me, it's nuts. Just sit back, watch it, and enjoy. I mean, unless you tell me the guy's picking up his ball and moving it a foot over to give himself a better light, or in the right. sand. Now, now the, here's the one thing where I would say it matters because also the ball's never going to – I guess it could reset if the ball was sitting a little swell, I suppose. But, like, in the sand, one thing you cannot do, and it's a, it's, it's a very clear rule, you can't ground your club in the sand because of, you know, the million millions of particles that are around the ball. Um, right. Something can happen. I, I, I understand rule like that. This one, though – Again, I think common sense could have told the rules official it it all right, it barely moved, but the ball ended up in its exact same spot. Not a big deal. That would be a rule I'd like to see amended some way. It probably never will, but I'm with you. A little silly and I and I do. I love watching the game. I'm I'm amazed at the way these guys hit the ball, how far they hit the ball, how straight they hit the ball. But some of the rules are goofy, yes. And I'm sure if you look at the rules of golf are I mean there's got to be thousands of rules. Um, sure. I'm sure you would pull your hair out of your head if you actually read some of them because some of them are goofy. But yeah, of, it's the of, way of it goes. Course. Yeah, I mean, and, and this one thing is for sure that you will have people losing their minds over sports even during this crazy time in our world. Because one of the things I thought about was, you know, let's say uh, Edwin Diaz blows a save. Are fans going to be as upset about it as they were yes. in – Last year, I, there's a question that I had you know, going into this. Now, I, I know for a fact they absolutely will. Because after seeing this reaction yesterday to the, this, the golf ball fiasco, there is 100% no doubt in my mind that sports fans are still as nuts and it still means as much to them. And not even a coronavirus pandemic can knock out the crazy out of all of us uh, that are big sports fans. So nothing to worry about here. Uh, did you see your friend uh, Sal Licata? tweeting about Robbie Cano. Uh, I saw him in a fight with John Heyman, and then Heyman blocked him. Uh, I did not see what he hates Robbie Cano, I'm assuming. I did not see his tweets about Cano. The Heyman stuff was hilarious to me. That was funny, uh, I would agree. Yeah, that was, <laughs> that was spectacular. So I guess uh, Sal was asked to do his top five managers in, in Mets history. Yes. And... It's his top five managers, right? Like, it's not like a – it's just a stupid <laughs> sports list. It's the dumbest thing in the world, right? So he doesn't – he's got Gil Hodges, like, four or something because he, he wasn't alive, okay? Like, what do, you, what do you want from the guy? So SNY puts it out and says, do you agree with Sal? And then John Heyman quote tweets it and says, no, nobody does. <laughs> and then, <laughs> that's, that's it. And then and then Sal goes, you know, off the deep end as he is prone to do, and then goes, Oh, did Scott Boris tell you to tweet that? And then <laughs> bang, blocked right there. <laughs> I tell you. Give me a break. I mean, he he took a shot at Sal, let Sal take a shot back. That's what it's what it's about, right? God. I mean, for people with the sensitivity and the blocking, and then when you're the person that blocks and then Sal sees that he blocks him, and then he tweets that out, and then he trashes him after the block, it's like when you're the person that blocks, you look petty. When you're the person that just lets things go and then you don't block that person, whatever. You, you, I don't know. There's there's some, like, strength that comes in that. I agree. I agree. You, you, you don't look like there. There's people out there that, that are, like, proud of being blocked by people. They love that because yeah, cause hey, they I, feel like they got under their skin. Right. I got to that person. Yep. And then and then if you if you end up. Um, you know, muting somebody or whatever, or just letting it go. Like it's, it's just to me, it seems like the the better route. Twenty in front of six. We got one segment, well, one full segment to go, and then Boomer and Geo coming up at six o'clock. It's the warm up show here on the Fan. Alan Jerry now offering contact free delivery. 
Quarter to six on a Monday morning. It's the warm-up show until Boomer joins G. Then just two quickies uh, from golf as we were discussing it prior, and then we'll move on. Uh, number one, John Rum is now the number one golfer in the world, which yeah. is amazing to me. And two, did you by any chance, real quick, and I know you don't play golf, did you see Mickelson try to putt from 77 70, yards yeah. out on the yes. fairway? Well, yeah, he's one of the best short game floppers I've ever seen. And I was just puzzling. That was If you haven't seen it, go Google it because it's weird. And I like the quote from him afterwards. It played out a little differently in my mind. <laughs> yes, a stupid <laughs> idea, but whatever. Um, did you see the Zuckerberg photo? Yeah. So this is everywhere, right? And, and Everywhere. So Mark, it is turned into the uh, viral image of the weekend. So if people didn't see it, he's on what I think in reading into this is an electric surfboard that he's on. Of course, okay. he's got one of those. And there's two things that people have talked about in this photo. One is the sunscreen on his face. Yes, where, it looks I ridiculous. Mean, he, yeah, it looks like he, he put makeup on. It's just that, that classic look of when a mom overdoes it on their, their kid's face when they're at the beach, you know, it, and didn't rub it in properly. And then and they just the, get uh, tired of it and say, just go, you're fine. <laughs> right, exactly. Yeah, uh, SPF you look great. 150. Yeah, you look great. Go out there. Uh, and, and also... Uh, people are, are commenting on his butt. They're talking about his butt. That's the other thing that everybody was talking Anybody about. Anybody ever talked about your butt? No, not in that way. Uh, how no. great his, his butt looked, which I thought was very strange. And the more, there, there ended up being more memes about his butt than his face. I didn't see the butt stuff. Over. I saw the face oh, stuff. It was, it was everywhere. Because, like, the way he is standing and, like, I don't know. It just it ended, and it's not something that I had noticed right away. But then I saw all the memes. It was sort of like a picture of Zuckerberg, and then like somebody's face, like with the with the big eyes and everything else, like like staring as if they, you know, were stumbled upon a uh, an SI swimsuit model or something like that. It was it was very odd. But I mean, here's the thing: like, why? Like when I saw that picture, I maybe chuckled a little bit at the sunscreen. But like how these things go viral? In it's my amazing, mind, isn't it? Right, like, okay, he's a rich guy who didn't rub in his sunscreen that's on a surfboard. Like, is it because he's a bit, like, what makes it so unbelievable that I had to see that 50,000 times? Because he's over rich the and weekend? famous and people like to see him. That's why. And I, my question to you was going to be do you think this was done on purpose for attention? No. Because we, listen, we all know people that love attention. That oh, yeah. crave it, that look for it, that I'll know. use. <laughs> yes, right. <We> understand. <laughs> yes, that's a good example for sure. I would think a Mark Zuckerberg doesn't need it, but if he know, see, I've got to think, and I don't know, maybe you have cameras flashing in your face every time you go out. I would think no. big celebrities know the cameras are on them, no matter where they are, whenever they are, and. I think sometimes things are done for effect. And when I see a photo like this, and I wasn't talking about the butt shot, I mean the, the sunscreen, <laughs> to me that that screams of attention. Yeah, I, here's where it's it's one that is staged. Now, Mark Zuckerberg, you know, he's got billions of dollars. He's someone who everybody at this point knows who he is. He's been under fire for certain things with Facebook over the last couple of years. He, he certainly doesn't want or need any more attention that he's getting, uh, in my opinion. When you see someone who is struggling in their career, used to be famous, maybe a reality star who is no longer on the show, or a musician who had a uh, one hit and then ended up uh, falling off the face of the earth, and then they're just caught at the beach, you know, in a bikini, right. having fun. 
then that stuff obviously happens. And I, I know that people call paparazzi. That actually happens. Like, they will call them and be like, hey, I'm doing this just in case you want to go bu- come by and, and take a couple of candid shots of me leaving my house in that my uh, gray car. It is pathetic. It's absolutely pathetic. But, but I'll this use. Me- <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. He does that. He just calls News 12. <laughs> <laughs> right. He has done that. That is for sure. I drove or- by his old place the other day. Yeah, the scene of the Madawan hero. It looks the same, of course. <laughs> it's just funny to me to think that that once happened. Yeah, right. that's I... yeah, that's amusing to me. And he told me too because he made reference how he had to go back one final time to get some stuff out of his apartment. Now, let me take you back to I would say April, probably April, mm-hmm. when he was getting set to close on the condo down the shore. And he was talking about how, yeah, I don't, but I'm under contract with the. I'm not paying. I'm not paying the apartment complex. I'm I'm moving out, and they'll find somebody. I'm not sending them another check. And then May came. I said, "What'd you do about May?" He goes, "Well, you know, I, I paid it, but I'm not paying them for June and July. I have a meeting with them. We're gonna go over some things." Long story short, kind of lost sight of that. He made reference the other day in the podcast that he was going back to the apartment one final day. I'm like, "Whoa, whoa, whoa! What do you mean going back? I thought you weren't paying them." You, you, no, I, I paid them through August. <laughs> now, think about, he's been in that condo down the shore since, what, early May? Eddie, yeah. right? Is that right? That's correct. So he has basically had two places for the last three, four months that he's well, been paying on. So it's I good mean, to be him. Well, not really. I mean, <laughs> we're crying out loud. I mean, he's probably broke at this point. No, uh, he's but, not broke. He's fine. <laughs> I mean, two places for how many months? He's but doing he, fine. He spends no money on food. We know that. Um, but he does have the extra expense in the dog right now. He so does that's, have that's that. That's another thing. You, you don't realize how expensive a pet is like that until you end up having it. And then the vet bills and the food and everything else. I've enjoyed the, this. Oh, Seeing him be a responsible adult and yes. saying all the things that he used to make fun of. Because Al, years. he is the classic. He doesn't know what he doesn't know. And right. yet he will stand on a mountaintop and scream at everybody. When he really has no basis of facts or experience behind it. Yeah, he's not someone who puts himself in other shoes. No. He, he is a he is a judgmental bleep, as I call him. <laughs> and he's now seeing, you know, he would make fun of people that would treat their animals like their kids. We we did podcasts making fun of people that treat their animals like kids, and now he basically has a three year old child running around the house. Yeah, that's the way uh-huh. he treats and then and by the way that's awesome there's nothing wrong with that it's just it's very satisfying for me to watch him go through it i mean yeah. if i would have told him let's say three years ago four years ago that you might take in an animal that's going to have diarrhea in your brand new <laughs> condo for three months what would you do he says it would have lasted three days i would have got rid of the dog yeah, of course. That's exactly what he would have said. He would have given it back, and he would have stood by that, and he would have actually believed it. Now what we need to do is find him a colicky baby and then, uh, <laughs> hand, it, hand it off to him and see how he handles that. I do think that ship is passed. Gina says, what are we doing today? To me, I'm like, mm, sit out here and judge people. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds like a day for Al. That's about right. Oh, he's funny. Anyway, we do have to. And he, he's got a great spot to do that, too, because not only does he have the ground floor deck outside his condo, I learned he's got a second floor deck. Which that to me, I'm not going to lie to you. I w- it's not a matter of judging people. The notion that I could sit on a deck, drink beer, and just watch the ocean, I would sit yeah. out there for hours. 
and people watch. What's this guy doing? Where's he parking? Yeah, I mean, it's just that sounds great. I mean, hey, when we were in high school, we used to just sit in the parking lot of 7-Eleven just to people watch and sit there. I mean, that's how pathetic we were, and we had nothing to do. So not you could do that from, from your condo and see the ocean as well. And he, he didn't go anywhere, right, this, uh, this week? He's just going to be hanging out at the beach, I'm sure. Correct, and we can do more of that, but we do have to take one final break. Uh, And then on the other side, more of him if you'd like. Also, I've got one question for G, but right now, a Radio.com Sports Minute with Amy Lawrence on Duke. All right, we don't have much time. G, if you're with me tomorrow, remind me to discuss vaccine uh, and vials because I have a Fugazi or not Fugazi for you tomorrow, if you're with me tomorrow. Oh, great. No, yes. I, no, I think I'm going to be with you. And I, I love why not. And I love this segment because it allows you to tell me what you think is phony or not phony. Because I saw something this morning. I Yankees baseball is back. All rise. Nerds. Today's episode is sponsored by NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast. Ready to expand your financial game? NerdWallet can coach you on smart strategies like choosing investments, finding your next credit card, and setting a budget that works for you. Score major points towards your summer vacation by learning expert tips for choosing a high-yield savings account and how to build wealth by investing in index funds. Slide into summer with smarter decisions in 2024. Follow NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast on your favorite podcast app. Future you will thank you. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey.